Welcome back to RSVP uh, music chat between Ralston Bowles and John Sinkovich. We're once again tackling some other issues having to do with the West Michigan music scene, and we're back here on a sort of an overcast Friday. Uh, welcome, Ralston. It is a Friday. It are we Friday. are we broadcasting and then playing this the same day? Uh, or is this going to be played? Possibly not, time? but we want to let people know the environment that we're in when we're actually recording okay. this thing. So we just want to let people know to set the scene. He's facing me across the counter here. And this is radio. They don't need yeah. to see anything. Yeah. All, right. All right. We've got faces made for radio, as they say. Okay. So we started this chat about a week ago, and we talked about the fact that uh, several bands from West Michigan are starting to make an impact in different ways nationally. And the question is, what does it mean these days to break out? Is there such a thing anymore? Today happens to be the day that the Accidentals out of Traverse City, who have been working their butts off traveling across the country and spreading the word about their music, actually release an album on the Sony Music Masterworks label, which is a pretty big deal considering the fact that there are a lot of other big names on this label, including artists like Branford Marsalis and The Lone Bellow and other well-known acts. And it's giving them a chance to sort of, I guess, rub elbows with, with the stars, so to speak. So they've got a lot of excitement that, that about That doesn't happen. Yeah, there you go. But they're, they're, they're pretty excited about it in okay. any event. Right. Uh, the Crane Wives from Grand Rapids, folk rock band, very popular here locally, but they recently won a national contest sponsored by JBL where they got a chance to fly down to Las Vegas and play a festival down there and got paid a little bit of money to boot. Uh, of course, we already know the story of Bournes. Some people may not know that Garrett Bournes actually grew up in Grand Haven and graduated from Grand Haven High School, made a little bit of an impact here, but ended up sort of going out to Los Angeles and falling in with some uh, fairly important people, ended up signing a major label deal and is now out there touring and, and recording uh, things and touring across the, the world. As a Wasn't his, of one of his songs kind of like, got a, was a little bit of a background for Hulu? There were actually, he has had like three different commercials. Uh, Southwest Airlines used his material, uh, Hulu used it. Uh, it's been used several times. Uh, Electric Love definitely uh, made an impact there. Also 10,000 Emerald Pools. But he's a real interesting guy. I, I didn't know the first time when I saw him, uh, people started kind of talking about him and there's a buzz about him even here when he was much younger. Uh, you could tell that the kid had some dynamic songwriting ability and performance that was different than, than a lot of other people. Uh, and he managed to sort of make an impact. Of course, then you've got, we were talking a little bit off air about people like Joshua Davis and Laith El Saadi, who even a little bit later in their careers uh, made a substantial impact on The Voice. I mean, you know, a lot of millions of people watch NBC's The Voice, and it's a pretty popular show. And fact is, they did very well and surprised a lot of people by proving that really good music has a place and, and can be popular too. So I guess the question I have is, should, since so much is going on here in West Michigan, should well, what do you local, think? So should local artists be striving to try to hit that, and then how do, how do they do that if they want to do it? Or, or is there, are there barriers that make that impossible these days? Well, I think there's a lot of, um, I mean, what, what, what do you think? I mean, as a musician, what, what was in your mind when you started playing keyboards? Was it you wanted to be the next you know, Steve Earle? Or well, I started kind of late, too. I mean, I was out of college before I really seriously started playing in a band and then I started writing music. It was uh -huh. a songwriting. I thought I was gonna be like a songwriter that, you know, I would sure. sell my songs to Nashville or something, which ended up being a real joke because it doesn't work that way. As you well know, it's well, really hard to do it that way. You can't just sit around write a song and expect people to, to notice it. Yeah, I don't know I mean there is a mythology that follows the whole idea of success in America. Um, and I'm not quite sure uh, which 
which route to take a conversation like this because I certainly don't want to dash anyone's hope or, or make people feel that they shouldn't try or that they shouldn't create. I mean, it, creating music is something that if you've got the talent and the propensity to do it, you probably you absolutely should because I think it enriches life. Whether or not that takes the course of a big record contract or fame or whatever those things that come along with that, I don't know if that's really the the direction. I mean, some people, maybe that's what they want to have. But along with that comes this whole machinery then that will, you know, chew you up and keep you moving and all those kinds of things too. So And the music industry has changed a lot over the last 15, 20 years. Of, you know, free music, people just don't even pay for music for the most time. So it's a different animal in terms of the way in which labels operate and everything else. So, you know, bands that were multi-platinum selling bands back in the 70s and 80s, that just doesn't happen anymore. There are a lot of other factors that come into play as to whether or not you're going to actually get attention. And plus, I think it's a lot harder even though it's easier to get your music out there on the internet and online and, mm -hmm. and, and the recording of it and everything else, there's so much out there that I think people get overwhelmed by it and, and sometimes it's harder to even you know stand out. I think you're right. Some people are making great music here and they are perfectly happy staying in West Michigan, touring the region, and, and can do pretty well for themselves, I think, because there is a lot of receptive audiences and venues here. Uh, but I think there's still a lot of kids out there and a lot of bands that are really looking to take that next step and really want to become a national touring artist. They want to be sure. on stage, you well, know, playing, and, and playing it begs, arenas. It begs that question of, you know, what is enough? Just what is enough? Um, that being said, you got you, if you've got the energy and you've got the... The uh, the doors are opening for you like it is for the for the accidentals. Then by all means, uh, you know, follow that path as far as it want you you, you know you want it to take you. Um, there are also a lot of folks in Texas. I mean, the entire state of Texas. Uh, there's it's a there is an actual office for promoting Texas songwriters. You can travel around Texas as a Texas musician, songwriter, whatever, and and never have to leave that state. Uh, and do quite well for yourself. Um, is there a method out? Is there like an MO? I don't think it's the same for every band. Um, mm -mm. You know, all these bands that we mentioned actually all have taken different paths. Sure. I mean, uh, the Accidentals uh, toured incessantly and uh, were, were sort of sending feelers out in a lot of different places when Sony sort of uh, uh, took notice of them and, and, and they, were, they already had sort of made some contacts in the industry. You know, they're going to all the big industry well, events. They're doing things like South by Southwest and going to some of the Folk Alliance, uh, uh, you know, kind You of have to get out. I mean, there is certainly there is a this aspect of working it, of being out there to because work begets more work, as it were. Um, people see you and the word spreads, those kinds of things. But as far as um, whether or not you, I mean, I know people who've been touring incessantly too yeah. and have never done anything. Exactly. But, um, and I'm not quite sure what the, what the magic uh, word would be or, or the dust that you sprinkle over what it is you do. Um, but, but there is this choice that you make each time you pick a venue that you're going to play in that helps to establish what it is you're going to do, I think. So if you've gone down this path of, I, well, I'll take whatever I can possibly play, uh, be that a, you know, a, a brawl, beer garden kind of a thing sure. where it's just nobody's paying attention and they're just 
got the TVs blaring and you're watching sports and stuff, and you're over in a corner, and then you're playing those, and you travel around in your van or whatever and play those rooms across the country, you can do that. But uh, the chances are of your breaking out of that are going to be fairly slim, I suppose, unless there's a major producer that happens to be in town and he falls into that dive bar and walks up to you. But I think that's probably not as um, frequent of a situation as it is uh, more part of a myth sure. that gets put out there. Sure. Now, there are these, these situations where you may be playing a party or a backyard barbecue or a house concert or something and somebody knows you know somebody that's fairly significant I mean Billy Strings was up and the edge lives up north and has a cottage as I understand right. it up north and came and saw him at this place up there uh, there are a number of other uh, stories that are sort of like that where the people just sort of come in the backyard but did that change his career path I don't think it did I think though what it does for a lot of times for an artist is that if you have a chance then to have that kind of exchange and you meet these people and you see that they're real people just like you are sure and you feel affirmed all of a sudden now you have a confidence level that you begin to uh, exude as sure. you go and I think that sends out a message as well right I mean some of it's just plain serendipity some of it's just luck mm -hmm. uh, I know uh, in Garrett Bournes's case when he moved out to Los Angeles he just sort of ended up making friends with a guy that was a producer who had some contacts and they wrote some stuff together and it just all clicked and somebody noticed it got into the right hands at the right time that well probably one of those that probably was, one of those guys though that he could have collaborated with did have a channel yes to somebody and that doesn't happen for right. most of these artists I mean if you're in Grand Rapids it's difficult I think for some people necessarily to make those kinds of contacts and connections what would your advice be if, if, if they are really seeking to maybe find that kind of broader audience maybe in a you know in the LA national I mean what should they do should they should they invest any time and energy and money into tracking that down or should they work harder on their music and just start there well I mean it's it's, it's a tipping point at any at any point where you are in the development I would think you know if you're just starting off and you don't have any kind of bank of songs or performances under your belt, then no. I would say you probably shouldn't probably go out there and do anything. You know, you're going to go out there and find out you're on the ropes and then you wind up, you know, like 95% of the rest of the people either waiting tables or, you know, driving right. Uber. Uh, but if you take the time and do, and do the work, because it is, it's, it is work. Yeah. And it's woodshedding it. It is figuring out what you're going to do. I mean, when I watched some of the different people that I know that are fairly successful, there's not really this downtime. It's not like party time when you're off the stage. I mean, these guys and girls are actually doing some logistically planning, thinking, okay, here's what's coming. This is what's happening next. This is what's happening next. Now, it's not like they're trying to short circuit or circumvent any right. system they're actually just planning it would be like if you're going to go from here to chicago you have a lot of options yeah you could go by amtrak you could drive yourself you could um take a plane you could walk you it know it may take you longer right it may take you longer you could take a bike you might make you more out of it right and then now you've got all those different um courses of travel that you can take now you step back and go some of them will limit you because there's only one way to get it 
It's that, that's point A to point B. But if you take some of the other options, now you've got a myriad of other things that you can do. It's like you don't have to go uh, along the highway. You could take a backward path. You could go along the lake. You could take an off-beaten shore thing. Yeah. You can go down and cut across Indiana. I mean, you could go down to Nashville and then drive back up. I mean, there's so many different ways you can And sometimes go. you might not get there. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes along the way you wind up having an engine throw a rod or flat tire, and you deal with those things. I think one thing that I notice a lot is that some artists need to invest more time and energy just into creating better music. And I think sometimes they are trying to jump that step and, and move faster maybe than when they're ready. And, and, if, I, and if we talk about all the ma- names we just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, from Joshua Davis, the Accidentals, and everybody in between, you are absolutely right. The work ethic is amazing. Mm-hmm. These guys have really paid their dues, e- even at a young age, the Accidentals have, and mm-hmm. they've really worked hard and really developed their music. And, and they really, have a support system. And they, they do, they, too. You have to have a support yeah. system. No, nobody does this alone. No. You know, uh, there is people, and there are, there are people in place who really believe in what you're doing, and you got to, that's the other part that gives you this element of confidence. Right? Sure. Confidence in yourself to step out there and do it. Um, many people are very shy, very reserved. Uh, they don't really want to take that uh, effort. I mean, they're just, it's not about that. Right. They're good at performing. They might be good at writing and singing, but they might not necessarily be the best at marketing or, right. or at being the kind of person that you need. And so sometimes you do have to surround yourself, I think, with people that can do those things better than you can in order to get the word out. We were talking a little bit about. Billy Strings, yeah, he just got noticed uh, by Rolling Stone magazine as one of these up-and-coming country artists that people should be paying attention to. And, and Billy's great. got a phenomenal support system with his parents. Yeah. You know, his dad, who he learned a lot of that stuff right. from, Terry Barber. Uh, he is every bit as good as any of the other players that are out there. Sure. I mean, he is an amazing guitar player. But we mentioned, but we mentioned the same thing, that being mentioned by Rolling Stone does not mean what it used to. I mean, that's true. There are people that are going to notice and are going to love that, but breaking out back in the day was a different. I think mm-hmm. it means something different today. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not at that same level that we were before, and I think maybe people need to be uh, comfortable with having maybe a smaller well, recognition means audience different things. and still having a career. Yeah, I mean, the Beatles and a lot of the British folks when we had the British invasion, there's this whole um, um, projection. Of if you can make it in America, you have made it. Right. Right. Um, and a lot of people around the world felt that way or feel that way. You know, it's like this is the golden pinnacle. Yeah. This is the this is the golden chalice or whatever. You, you know, you can get it. Yeah. But um, other places, there's a lot of stuff going on too. I mean, we are dreadfully ignorant as Americans on some levels, uh, about what really is happening in other corners of the world, musically. Um, Even though we have all these phenomenal ways of getting it out there, whether it was from MTV or Sirius Radio or, you know, the satellites or wherever, there's still these places that you will find amazing musicians that you will probably never, ever see make it to... uh, even Britain's got talent. Australia's got talent. India. You know, India's got talent. Those are those are things that are living off of that. Sure. But those artists probably will never 
you know, rise to any other level, whatever that level means to us, I guess. So do you think artists should adjust their expectations? Well, adjusting expectations certainly would be a, a good thing, you know, to realize that there are other avenues and that that, that whatever it is, walking across a stage and taking a little gold statue from somebody on national television is not necessarily the pinnacle, as right. you would say. Right. You know? and, and I think, I don't know, I've always praised that West Michigan scene as being really collaborative and sort of not that competitive, but I do think that it's, I think it's hard for some artists who've spent a lot of years and, and are worked really hard on their music and might be very good at what they do to see some people ascend to that level. Oh, and yeah. They didn't because, because there's this sort of feeling that, yeah, but I've done this. Exactly. I have good songs. I've worked really hard. <laughs> How come they are getting attention and I'm not? That is a, an excellent point because I've watched that happen with some people, and it, is, uh, it can be like a cancer. It can eat you from inside. And then there are these people that I've run into who I'm, I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, why aren't you bigger than oh, you sure. are? I get that a lot. You are an amazing human yeah. being. You mean just from the depths of your being and what you exude and your thought and you're well-read and you're very compassionate and you've got amazing guitar skills and your voice swings like an angel. I mean, all these things. And yet you say, hey, have you heard this person? And they go, No. And you kind of like shake your head, like, how is that possible? And I think part of it is that in our society, especially here in the United States and, uh, and especially the developed countries, we have so much going on. We are assaulted by social media. We have, there are so many options in terms of entertainment that people have. I think back in the day, in the 70s, you know, in, you know heyday of, of rock and roll and classic rock when, you know, things were going great for the music industry, there was a lot more focus on music in the sense that that was, you know, it was a special thing. Well, there's a lot more gears going on. There were a lot more people on the take. Yeah, for well, that too. Right? There's a lot of problems. So, um, But it's just that I feel like there's so much to distract people now. Sports is such a huge thing, and I think it's real interesting. I don't even want to use the word Trump, but this, sports trumps a lot of music in a lot of ways. There's such a huge audience for sports, and I think sometimes it takes away that energy that people might be able to invest and the time that people might be able to invest into checking out some really great local bands. I would just point, I mean, I would say on both sides of the, of the aisle here to say it, what Warren Zevon said, enjoy every sandwich. <laughs> Take it where you find it. If you're an audience person and you're sitting in a little, little divey club in Podunk, Iowa, and you're listening to somebody just give an amazing rendition of a song that they've written that just cuts you to the core, and you are, you know, you walk up and you buy that CD from that person. You support that artist right there. And tell them. And you tell them, and you shake, you know, and you tell other people, and you spread that. Buy five discs and give them to your friends if it means that much to you. That's how it works. The other, the other thing is, as an artist, on that other side of that, as you're playing that little, if you're that artist playing Podunk, Iowa, treat that with the same kind of energy and the same kind of compassion and passion as you would if you were playing for the Super Bowl. Exactly, because I think in some ways you're going to make bigger, longer relationships with people that way than you might at a bigger event where mm -hmm. you know, people you get lost in the shuffle. I think a lot of artists appreciate just somebody coming up and saying that was a beautiful song. Right. That'll keep you going for weeks, potentially. Well, there are all these other 
avenues you can go from you can say we, we i think we talked about venues or whatever but there are so many different options for people to play to take this music to it's not you don't have to just play carnegie hall which it, with, right. when i was growing up that was a, that was the big thing play carnegie hall yeah. that's why i think what's this uh, uh the guy that was booking dylan at one point i think just said let's put let's put you at carnegie hall that will legitimize you so we look for these That's ways true. to validate validate even ourselves. locally there are venues that people and, sort of strive and, yeah well for. people look at Meyer garden and say well if i play Meyer garden i'm a legitimate now right well that's not true yeah there are very a lot of legitimate artists that i have not ever been able to get on that stage yet there are a lot of people that want to be on that stage that doesn't mean they're not legitimate. Exactly. They are great bands, and but there's only so many places that you can play. So you look for those options, and you and you greet them with the same kind of energy. Right. And that's why I think I mean, busking. If you're a busker, then give. Don't just sit there like a bump on a log. On bring your bring your game. Bring your game to an A game to the to the to the to the event. You're you're there to communicate. Talk to people. Yeah. It's not like, hey, I got this really great song, three chords and the truth, and I'm just going to like really right. break hearts as people walk by me. There, you've got maybe three or four minutes, if that, to make an impression, make the impression, to get their ideas, uh, get your idea across, and to captivate that. Um, Peter Mulvey woodshed. He would he did his woodshedding in in uh, off of I think it was. Uh, I don't want to say Palmer Square. It's not uh, one of the one of the um, uh, subway stations. Oh yeah, in Boston. Sure. You know, in fact, I think he went back there and actually did a recording of the place oh, where really? he did it. And so you hear, you'll hear on this album the screeching of the sure. wheels and the you know, kind of a little bit of a rumbling and stuff going on. He left it on there. And uh, but I've watched some of these guys as I'm moving through uh, an airport or wherever they happen to be. Because like on your way to sure. Chicago, you're going through the airport. There's a few places that you can actually, between there and parking, that yeah. people have designated areas. Same in London. Yeah. There are places in the subway, on the on the L, in the Chicago, in, in L.A. There are places you can find artists doing this. And they've thought about it. You can tell those who have yeah. thought about it and come to the situation with a an entertainment value... Uh, it catches you. He's like, oh. Then there are these people, it's like, okay, I've seen that before, and people just walk on by them. Sure. Um, But if you're going to do that... Yeah, I think it's be happy with where you are. Exactly. If you you are pleased and happy with your music and, and be willing to share that, try not to set your expectations too high, and be willing to engage the audience because you never know when that might be something that will really be a fulfilling experience. It might spark something new. It might be able to spark another song. And I think uh, some artists, I realize it's very difficult being a musician. It's hard to make a living at it. And for 95% of them, it is, it, it, you're never going to reach the level that, that perhaps stars did in the old days. But I think there is a way to make a living at it. And I think there is a way to be satisfied with what you're doing without necessarily breaking out. No, exactly. I mean, there are those situations, going back to the busking uh, example, I mean, I know that Johnny Carroll from Grand Rapids here went over, and he has this this real love for the the gentleman from Passenger. Yeah. So he went to where he is, you know, and played in the streaks. And, you know... Yeah. Oddly enough, the guy he he made the contact. With he ended him. up on stage with him. Uh, he yeah. actually contacted him. The same thing kind of happened in Boston with with um, with a gentleman that went to see 
the um, the the once. Yeah. You know. Yeah, great. Um, and he was just playing outside, and on their way into the into the theater, the guy stops, sees him, and asks him, "You're coming to the show?" And he's there. And in the middle of the show, he calls him out. Well, this guy has all his gear and stuff with him. You know, he's had to kind of drag sure. in. Um, but he winds up getting featured where the guy brings him up on stage in a sold-out yeah. auditorium. And it's a moment that they'll never forget. I'm now, sure. did he catapult it? Did, it? did it change his career? Is he on the same level now as this other guy? No. No, but he, he can really feel like that was a special but night. But that was a special night. He's got that as a story. And it can still continue to, to propel you with your art. Excellent. With that, great advice, Mr. Bowles. We appreciate it. Once again, thank you for joining us for the RSVP podcast. This is the second edition of this. We'll be continuing this in future weeks, so definitely tune back in. Check out localspins.com. You can check out Ralston Bowles' uh, website and page as well on Facebook. And uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. Bye. <laughs>